Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, Rod Squad. Maybe tomorrow I'll tell you guys about the big game that I went to in San Antonio with Snoop Dogg. Remember that one, Clark? The Lakers and Spurs? Snoop Dogg and I went, Bob. How about that? Snoop Dogg was sitting courtside. I was up in the nosebleeds, but we were in the arena at the same time. Where I was there with him. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, yeah. Snoop and I, big, big hoops fans. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show, everybody. And I feel like it's only taken 777 episodes for me to figure out that it's Hour 2 that we really bring in the audience participation. And that's a fun thing as we welcome back the co-host Darren Moose DuPont joining us from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Hey Moose, we covered a lot of ground since you were last with us. Look, a couple things I wanted to say. I'm sure you were doing business in those 20 minutes, but Bernie Nichols and I got it figured out. The NHL ambassador for Bet Regal, this is going to be a walk by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I can see it now. We did the checkmark thing. We went goaltending, blue line, forwards, coaching. And three of the four check marks went to the Tampa Bay Lightning. That will not please a lot of the hockey fans here in South Florida because they hate the Lightning in South Florida. Um, I wanted to mention that, which I didn't an hour ago, Darren, visiting with my American friends. They love this show because they love what we talk about. And that includes the CFL topics because there's a lot of football fans, the hockey topics because they don't get any hockey down here, and then whatever zany things you and I get into. So I wanted to point that out. But... Looks like Tampa's going to roll. Why even play the series? Yeah, I guess. Eh? Why play? Um, <laughs> it, it'll, be inter- it'll be interesting, but there's no reason to, for any of us to believe that they won't roll. They've just continued to roll no matter what adversity that they face. So we'll see. Oh, I, I just feel like, and let's just, let's just settle into a good old sports talk discussion here, and it is afternoon out here in the east, middle of the day. Morning out there, I know, in the West for you. But I feel like if Bernie Nichols, if we wanted to just roll by his house, knock on the door, throw a blanket on him, throw him in the back of the van, and took him to L.A. on one of our sports trips, I think he could take us to some pretty cool places as a guy that spent most of the 80s playing for the Los Angeles Kings. Is that something you might be interested in? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'd have to coax him into the back of a van with a blanket or, you know, put a bag over his head. I think we should bring him on our sports trip. That's a great idea. I guess we could just ask. We don't need to kidnap him. <laughs> but 
There's some story. There's story, legendary stories that, um, listen, you know it, I know it, and for those that don't know it that are watching right now, you people, we are all exactly where we're supposed to be in life. You may argue it, but if you argue it, you're wrong. We're all where we're supposed to be. And for me to come on the air and tell these stories after all my life experiences, I'm three-plus years now out of full-time the play-by-play realm. So I collected all these stories over the years. And I heard this story about Bernie Nichols, that when, when Bruce McNall owned the L.A. Kings and Wayne Gretzky played for the Kings, that Bernie, John Candy hung around the team all the time. Him and McNall were buddies. And obviously Wayne, too. But I guess they, you know, Bernie Nichols and John Candy just to ride around Hollywood in the back of a limo and recite lines from planes, trains, and automobiles. And Bernie Nichols would play the Steve Martin character, and John Candy would play the Del Griffiths character. What a time to be alive! And, you know, we talk about winning time with the Lakers dynasty that we're watching on HBO Max, the streaming series. Imagine being around, but as a member of the Kings. You, were, you weren't doing any winning. You were just watching what the Lakers were doing. And wishing you played basketball. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be the sense that you yeah. have? That's pretty much it. You'd kind of be under the radar, you know, thinking, hey, we're, we're here too, you know, but they're not winning, so nobody really cares, right? I mean. Yeah. Steven, watching in North Dakota, North Dakota says, Rod and Moose, international kidnapping. Fire started. It's not kidnapping if he wants to go, okay? Moose made that very clear. We're not kidnapping him if he wants to be part of it, but you're working on the sports trip. And before we get into the sports topics that we were, you know, we've been kicking around for an hour, why don't you tell the viewers that, because we do these sports trips every year, what you're looking at for this year? Yeah, so we're, we got to wait for a few more schedules to come out. The NHL schedule will come out shortly, um, and then we'll be able to lock down our location. But looking at a couple of warm destinations, LA obviously is a leading candidate. Um, there are a couple others, uh, but uh, we're working on getting this done here in the next little bit and hopefully have it on sale for you really soon. <laughs> I just caught Robin and Prince Albert, one of the comments here <clears throat> regarding the sports trip. He says, this year's RP show sports trip location, Boca Raton. We can all crash on Rod's floor. LOL. I just went, <clears throat> that's what that literally. <laughs> was what I was reading when I saw that. Nope. But I was thinking about this. I thought that you'd already had tickets bought in L.A. for the Rams. I thought you had. That was the sense that I got. So you clearly haven't. You're just kicking tires on that. That's cool. But when I was looking at... We got them set aside. Yeah. Well, when I was looking at, you know, moving this show around and where I was going to be hanging my hat, South Florida was obviously very attractive and a friend of mine in vegas says no 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 you got to bring the show to las vegas you got to do the show in vegas it's the fastest growing sports city in in america and he said listen you don't want to go to south florida it's old tired and worn out and i said yeah i'm old tired and worn out that's why i want to go to south florida it's perfect for me so yeah this is the deal where they air golden girls on a loop 24 7 on television it's fantastic so moose this is where we are so whatever everybody wants to talk about we covered it all here in hour one you may want to go back reset your pvr wine back on youtube however y'all do it 
We talked about the NLL going to a deciding game three in Buffalo next Saturday night. Some CEBL results. Game sixes in major junior championships tonight. The WHL could end in Edmonton. The OHL could end in Windsor if Hamilton wins. So we're looking at that. Stanley Cup, we've got Tampa Bay winning. We've put that to bed. And for the Canadian Football League fans, they, they want to talk about coming out of week one, going into week two. There's a huge contingent of CFL fans that watch this show and they want their news there. So I saw Jeff the Stamps fan write in earlier, and he said that, he goes, I wonder what the status of Zach Caleros is, the starting quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, I spent a lot of time reading, Darren, as you know, and Caleros apparently said to his friends and family after the game, and one of the reporters at Winnipeg saw it, he goes, I'm okay. That from Zach Caleros. That's as close as we're going to get. I don't think the Blue Bombers have met with the media yet this week. Um, So with Bo Levi and Zach Caleros not finishing games, but supposedly going to be fine, I would think the CFL is pretty happy with the way week one played out. Yeah, I think they are. You'd be pretty pretty, uh, nervous with two of your marquee players and kind of, you know, poster guys uh, uh, not finishing games. That'd be very concerning. But if they're okay... That's great, and that's what you want to hear, and I think everybody's happy with, with how the opening week in the league went. Good. <laughs> Robin and Prince Albert says, legendary, made Rod choke on his coffee. Uh, it's just water. That's all that it is. It's as strong as it gets. Um, how about this one? John in Edmonton. Rod, are you moving to South Florida? When do you... Th- when do you think he's going to catch on? Done deal. When do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh... Hey, John, did. Uh, Daryl in Sherwood Park says, sports trip. Man, I got to get on this. Do you want to tell us some stories about our last uh, sports trip? We saw Deshaun yeah. Watson and the Houston Texans. As it turns out, good thing we saw Deshaun when we did. I almost wonder if this guy's going to be oh, playing no. in the NFL again. But that was that was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, why did we pick Houston? Why did whoops? Why did we not go to an NHL city? Refresh my memory. Not that I had a problem. Yeah, I know. With it, I'm trying. Well, no, I'm trying to remember that too. And I think the way it worked out is. Um, different warm destinations and Houston was a city we hadn't gone to yet and it was kind of one we wanted to see but there was always that uh, no NHL factor which was a big kind of question mark but we were able to see two Houston Rockets games the basketball team was very good to us and they had uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook so they were a Westbrook so they were a marquee franchise in the NBA at the time the NASA experience uh, getting to see the high school football game at Katy Texas like it was there was a lot of other things that made it a destination for us. Yeah, Houston was great. Uh, Randy in Winnipeg watching. He says, Vegas in October. NHL, NFL, gambling, great sports trip. Um, and uh, I got to stop with all the questions from all the same people. But John says, Saskatchewan Rush versus the Vegas Desert Dogs in Vegas. That could be a good road trip. Hey, we got to talk about the NLL because nobody else is. And I got the email, I'm sure you did too, from the NLL that the expansion draft will be held July 7th for the Vegas Desert Dogs. 
I put this in my column on the weekend, but I want to talk about it now. I've been around a lot of expansion drafts in my life. I know, obviously, NHL guys, CFL guys. Nobody ever wants to go be selected in an expansion draft. Junior players don't want to go in an expansion draft because you're going to be going to a crappy team. Unless it's Vegas. And by the way, it's 111 Eastern. Interesting that we would be talking about this now. Dreams are coming true, Moose. I would literally, I could see guys wearing a path into the general manager's office going, put me on the list. Put me on the list. Put me on the list of eligible players. Would you not, where would you rather play in NLL markets than, well, maybe San Diego. Saskatchewan has the best fans. But I would think Vegas would be the most preferred destination for an NLL player, I would think. Wouldn't you? You think of the ownership group with Wayne Gretzky being a part of it, right? And uh, and Steve Nash. I think it's yeah. There, there's a lot of good things going on there. It's a great market. The climate's awesome. I think there's a lot of excitement. So yeah, I think uh, players will love to go to to Vegas. And I'm curious to see how uh, how much they can attract free agents and how quickly they can turn that or turn that into a winning team. I would love uh, to see an expansion team in South Florida in the National Lacrosse League. We've kicked it around. It may not work here because the weather is so optimum and people don't generally like to be inside. However, again, I assume you read my 10 things column, Moose, on Sunday. The Florida Everblades hockey team, which stars Matteo Gennaro, formerly of the Calgary Hitmen, had over 7,600 people in the Hertz Arena. Saturday night to watch them win the Kelly Cup, uh, Kelly Cup ECHL championship. Over 7,600 in Naples, Florida in June to watch yeah. ice hockey. So anything's possible. Jim Vancha writes that he says, back in the day when the NHL flew commercial, my wife and I were on the plane with the Kings from L.A. to Edmonton. I sat between Bernie and, and a defenseman. Shortest two-and-a-half-hour plane trip. Bernie was entertaining. Oh, I think he'd be very entertaining, Bernie Nichols. And it was interesting, but two Mondays ago, we were talking about how Wayne, Wayne had said on the NHL on TNT broadcast that we didn't have goalie coaches back in the day, we didn't have strength coaches, and Bernie goes, and we didn't have charters either. Think about that. They, they flew with fans, Darren, yeah. up until about 25 years ago. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? mind-blowing to think mind-blowing that they would actually do that like now i mean today it's mind-blowing because yeah the chartered flights and everything else and they're leaving right after the games now to get on a commercial flight i mean i see that now when i fly and you probably do too flying all across north america you'll see you know some you know university teams or junior hockey or different whatever um athletes all getting onto the plane usually it's you know the ubc athletes i see or you know, athletes like that, you'll see a team, but very rare. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. And by the way, Jeff Cabillas in Winnipeg says, uh, if lacrosse goes to South Florida, we may never see Rod ever again in Canada. LOL. Oh, I know. I've had opportunities in the NLL, believe me, since I left the Rough Riders. But I'm like, eh, thanks. I'm just waiting on a specific one. Not that. But uh, in the NLL, one thing we used to traveling with the Rough Riders when we were flying commercially, I always loved this. 
I remember Glenn January. Do you remember him? Ginormous offensive tackle. Played at Texas Tech. He was an Argo. He was a rough rider. Him and I used to sit across the aisle from each other, and we would have the wildest political discussions. But I just remember, you know, people would get on the plane and go, oh, are you guys a team? And every time, January would have a different sport. Yes, we're a swim team. Or, yes, (laughs) we're a polo team. You should see the horses. They're underneath. Like, <laughs> it I like so it. much fun, right? And then as, as oh, I yeah. learned to get a lot, get a lot, not learned to, as I became a lot older, it used to be, because like, remember, I got in the CFL, I was 26. People were like, oh, what position do you play? Receiver? Because I would say, guess. And then as I got older, when we were going through uh, security, people would say, are you a referee? No, I have a personality. Or I remember being in the airport in Dallas, <laughs> right? I remember being in the airport in Dallas wearing a Rough Rider uh, shirt, and this guy, yeah. clearly former player, wanted to be a player. He's like, Coach, where do I send my resume? I'm like, not to me. Anyways, <laughs> enough story time. Enough story time. When we come back, if you have questions, I see Mandy says uh, questions for Eddie Steele. Eddie's coming up. Grey Cup champion. He says, tell us about the recovery of your Grey Cup ring, and do you think there is recovery for the Elks this season? So we'll talk some hockey, we'll talk some CFL, whatever you people would like us to discuss next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Brand new week. Welcome back, everybody. It is your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We talk a lot of sports and a little entertainment, and we try to be entertaining. Um... To the chagrin and disappointment of some Tacona Pally's riding moose in Winnipeg. He's written in again. Where is it? Hey, Rod, are you going to mention Brooks' 11th LPGA win? Tacona, I did last hour. Zip it. Watch for the whole two hours. You do the watching. I'll do the talking. Thanks. You're really starting to annoy me. From BW in Edmonton says, hit the like button. Start spreading the news. Press like. Tell everybody that we're live on Game Plus and YouTube right now. Here's one. Jason Serrata is watching in Winnipeg on Game Plus TV right now, Moose, and he says, do the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win the Grey Cup this year? And let's spend a little time on that, if you don't mind. I don't know if you watched the Bombers-Red Blacks game Friday night. I don't want to put you on the spot. If you didn't, it's fine. I did. Winnipeg looked very good. It was a good game. Probably one of the best games of the week in terms of closeness. Big plays. 1917, Winnipeg beat Ottawa. And I especially tuned in for that Grey Cup banner-raising celebration that they had for the Bombers. And I'm like, oh, God, here come the speeches. Here comes the RCMP carting out the trophy. It's going to take forever. But the only guy that spoke was Wade on his birthday. It was very classy. It was very uh, brief. Let's raise the banner, kick it off. Let's go. I I like the way they did that. 
Yeah, I mean, keep it keep it simple. And you know what? Maybe it's they've been there before. Act like you've been there before. Well, they have now twice. And, you know, if Zach stays healthy, there's no reason to think they can't win a third in a row. It'll be tough. There's other, obviously, other great teams. And, you know, neither of the first two championships were easy. But they absolutely will be in the mix. No doubt. Um... They're writing in here about season tickets in BC that they're like $89. <laughs> From Ted in Red Deer says, Hey, Rod, I assume you and the Moose don't care which platform we watch the show on as long as we watch. Correct? Bingo! Um, I, I don't know. You're the business. Like, I don't. I don't really care as long as you watch. That's my thing. Uh, It's like I say about CFL fans. I don't care who you cheer for as long as you cheer for somebody or any fans of any team. I have so many people come up and stop me on the street. Oh, Rod, sorry. I'm a Bomber fan. I'm like, I don't care. I'm glad you're cheering for somebody. Or, hey, Rod, sorry. I'm a Warriors fan. Again, just glad to have you buying tickets. I just want you watching the show. Does it matter to you how they watch it? No, doesn't matter at all. You watch it however is most convenient for you. If you don't want to watch it, you just want to listen to it, that's cool too. You do what's good for you. You do you, as they say. Yeah. That's right. Um, back to the question at hand. Carlos Legena's watching in Indianapolis, and he's one of those American guys, Carlos, that watches the show for the CFL content. Because you can literally get the NFL stuff anywhere. And we'll dabble more on the NFL when... They're playing. I can't wait for the Dolphins season and probably, hopefully, we'll uh, be able to hit up some portion of training camp here. But I'd rather, I'd rather talk about the leagues that are playing rather than the fake news. Hey, it's all cool that Brady almost became a Dolphin, but he didn't, last I saw. Carlos says in Indianapolis, he says, I see the Blue Bombers are all set at the quarterback position, including their bench. Yeah, what was the guy's name? Drew, I don't even know his name. Guy that came off the bench to win the game for Winnipeg the other night. Um, listen, you, there are certain people and fans and teams that don't want to admit what Winnipeg's done. And I don't think Winnipeg cares. They're the back to, they are the marquee team. They said they didn't need their quarterback to play in the preseason. We're good. And look, they, he wasn't rusty. Zach was great the other night. Winnipeg from top to bottom, man. They're going to be hard to beat. And actually, it's only Monday. We got all week to talk about this further. But the Hall of Fame game goes this Saturday. Calgary at Hamilton. And I will never, ever, ever forget. You've heard it, Darren, but be patient while I say it again. 2017 Canadian Football Hall of Fame induction. I was there in the crowd in Hamilton. What a beautiful night. It was 28 degrees Celsius whatever that works out to Fahrenheit. And I saw Mike O'Shea get inducted into the Hall of Fame and his speech. I don't even like Mike O'Shea. And I had tears going down my face for a variety of reasons. One, his road to get there and everything he's gone through because it hasn't been easy for Mike O'Shea. He talked about his upbringing with his parents, Irish, blue-collar workers. And you got out of bed every day to make a living. Nothing came easy. And that's the way he runs his football team as a head coach. And I came back to Regina going, 
They're going to be winning it all before long because that guy knows you got to grind. Nothing comes easy, and it needs to be put in place brick by brick by brick and do it right. Exactly what happened. I'm not taking credit for anything Winnipeg's done, but I just know Mike O'Shea, as long as he's around, <laughs> there are not going to be a lot of other teams doing much winning because he does it right. And you can see that on the field. Yeah. Yeah, clearly he's got a great foundation for success there that's going to last. And that's what it starts with. It starts with culture, and it starts with that foundation, and it comes from the top. You know, and Mike's that visible presence every day in the locker room. And, you know, they're going to lose players. They're going to have turnover on that roster, but they're continuing to have success. And that's what you want, you know, that longevity. And I think Winnipeg is set to have some success here for a really long time. Yes, and the other thing is I've had friends that have been guest coaches at Bomber Camps in this O'Shea era, and they've left training camp going, oh, boy, they're doing it right there. And everybody does it different. There's more than one way to feed a cat, Darren, as you know. But fundamentally, concept-wise, don't jerk your players around. Be honest with them. Do things the right way. Don't be shady. And I go back to the winning time. I can't, again, would you say you've watched one or two episodes of the Lakers' time? Like, I'm obsessed now. You told yeah. me a month ago to watch it, and I finally got around. I'm obsessed. Because if you want to know how teams operate, for the most part, watch that Lakers documentary. No, the guy at the top is running the show. And if Wade Miller really wanted a few years ago when the Bombers started 1-4 and four to have those guys gone, O'Shea or even the general manager Kyle Walters, they would be gone. Because it's the guy at the top that's pulling the strings and nobody knows it. Wade's not doing that many interviews. Not many of these team presidents are. And the owners never are. Never. All through this CBA mess with the CFL, who was it? Ambrosi, Ambrosi, Ambrosi. You never saw an owner come out and talk. You never really saw a president come out and talk. But they're the guys pulling the strings. And it's this book that's, you got to read it, man. I don't think you ever did. It's called The Dark Side of the Game, written by Tim Green, former NFL D lineman. And there's a chapter in there called Why Some Teams Always Win and Sometimes Always Lose. And it starts at the top. And with Jerry Buss... I mean, again, Darren, binge it tonight, okay, and get back to me tomorrow. We'll have a okay. we'll we'll have a test in the morning because there was there was their coach. He had to fire a coach, and he had to bring in an interim, and then the interim got sick, and he had to make the call on who's going to take over this team. His first year as the owner, he had to make the call. The buck stops on their desk. So again, that's the thing with Winnipeg, and I'm sorry to go all the way off on this, but. Um, Man, they're doing it right over there in Winnipeg, and they deserve to have as long a ceremony as they bloody well want. Yeah, they can do they can do whatever they want until somebody knocks them off the the uh, top of the castle. And mm-hmm. you know, bravo! And I hope they continue to have some more success. And clearly, clearly, they're going to. It might not be more championships, but they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of success. They're always right. They're always gonna be there in the end. Our guy Jack in. Uh, Vulcan Alberta says, ask Eddie Steele why Nick Arbuckle was pulled after one quarter the other night. A potential QB1 should be given a few games at least to develop a chemistry with his receivers. Did you say that you... Like, I didn't see any of that game. I saw that Nick got pulled in the second quarter early on. He wasn't feeling it, I guess. 
And Jones is getting criticized for pulling Arbuckle so early. Do you have a take on that? You know, that's the coach's decision. He has, he has a better feel in that locker room and with his group than, than anybody. Um, Arbuckle had a great preseason. He had some chemistry. Yeah, it wasn't there early. And normally you can give him more time. But there was not, that wasn't a luxury that Edmonton had because all Beastie was doing was racking up more points. So you needed to do whatever you could is try and string something together to get some momentum and put some points on the board. But nothing was working for Edmonton. We'll get Eddie's take on that. And thank you, Jack. Uh, remind me if I forget to ask Eddie that because there's a lot of questions coming in for Eddie. The very popular former Thai cat Eskimo and Rough Rider D lineman. Here's one. Tim Mantle watching on YouTube. A hockey question for you, Darren. He says, the Leafs got to be watching the Bolts on and off the ice. They lead by example. I appreciate the comment. And let's spend the rest of the segment on that. we got about four minutes. I think there's a little more to it than that. And I saw this on Sportsnet's Instagram this morning. It is so Toronto. And I apologize to Toronto for saying it, but it's so Toronto. They're like the last three Stanley Cup Eastern Conference finalists or Stanley Cup finalists from the East beat Toronto to get there. I got to go back and find. Did you see that on Instagram, by the way? I did. Uh, yeah. Tampa. You did. You did. You did. Okay. Yeah. Here it yeah. is. Boston, Montreal, and Tampa. And I'm like, so what are you saying? It's okay to lose if you lose to the eventual conference champion. Like I, <laughs> what are you saying? What you're saying to me when I see that is you weren't good enough. Yeah. And to sit and talk about Tampa as a market and Toronto needs to look at Tampa, there's more to it than that. But that's my thoughts. I have more, but tell me yours on his thing. The Leafs need to follow what the Lightning are doing. Well, that's always been the model in hockey, but that never works. The copycat model rarely works. Because what happens is everybody was trying to follow the Pittsburgh Penguins model when they were winning cups. But by the time you copy that model, it's a new model that wins, right? So you could, you could mirror Tampa for sure. But by the time you've, you've mirrored it and executed what Tampa's doing, there's another formula that's going to be better, right? So you have to do your own thing. But there are, there are values there and there are characteristics that, that are important, like strong leadership and commitment to success and, and all the winning habits that you have to do day in and day out. Those things never change. So, yeah, that's really important. I think what that graphic on Instagram shows is they're trying to show, well, how close the Leafs are. Well, close doesn't really count, right? So, yeah, it's cool, and it's, they are close, and they gave Tampa quite a run, better than anybody so far, but you still aren't in the big dance. So until you win, not much you can say. Well, it's a tough one, and maybe later on this week we can bring on some Toronto hockey analyst that you respect. It would be a good time to get Elliot Friedman on, but he's probably at the lake right now with his feet up. Probably has been sleeping for a week straight, or a couple days straight anyway. I guess the hockey season's still going on, but who works harder than Friedman? But here's my point with Toronto and Tampa. It's different. I've dropped this on the air before, and I felt guilty, so I'm not going to name who the guy is, but I had a Leafs great tell me that he told Steven Stamkos the last time Stammer was a free agent and Stamkos was considering signing in Toronto, he's like, don't do that, Steven. 
Stay in Tampa where you can be relatively unknown and you don't have your family on your back bugging you for tickets every game. And if you go to the golf course and have a beer, there's not going to be a picture on the front cover of the Toronto Sun the next day saying you're an alcoholic. You could have a life in Tampa that you can't have in Toronto. And I think there's a little, I do, I've heard it so much that I got to think there's something to it. That it's not just about hockey in Toronto, it's about the pressure, it's about the glare. I'm not saying it's necessarily right, because if that was the case, the Lakers would have never won, or the Yankees would have never won, but there there seems to be something there. And I feel like we don't have time to get into it today, here, now, but maybe in overtime, Moose. Are you smelling what I'm cooking? There's there's something there, for sure, I do, but it's... uh... Hard to exactly put your finger on it, but it is. There's something going on. Okay, Moose, we'll see you for overtime. You bet. The very popular, clearly, Eddie Steele joins us next to talk a little Elks and a lot of CFL. We'll be right back. It's a Monday, episode number 777 of the RP Show. Continues after this break on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Beautiful uh, day here. Another one. Hey, look at that. We're on. How about that? (laughs) I was quick. Uh, football capital, South Florida. Uh, are we good? Are we on, guys? Are we good? Okay. Let's go to Edmonton now. And we have got, as I said, Eddie, the very popular former Eskimo, Rough Rider and Ty Cat, Eddie Steele. There he is. He's down. What's going on, Eddie? You're not eating up there? What's going on, man? <laughs> no, nah, man. I'm just uh, just trying to get myself down to... Uh... Uh, a normal walking around weight now that I'm done playing. I don't need it all. <laughs> well, you always look good. Come on, everybody. Join me on this. For a second, I thought it was Jock Climby that we had on the air here. Anyways, Eddie, they got a lot of <laughs> they got a lot of questions for you um, coming out of the weekend. And the obvious one is the Elks getting stomped 59-15 at BC Saturday night. What is your analysis of that? And the Elks fans want to know if this is a sign of things to come. It was ugly. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You know, it was a flat-out beating um, in all phases of the game, to be honest. Uh, I think the line play of the Elks on both sides of the ball really struggled. We know defensively the Elks really got it taken to them. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a sign of the season. I think that they're going to be a fairly competitive team, as most Chris Jones teams are. But uh, even look at what happened when he uh, he took over Saskatchewan in 2016. Uh, I think he won one game in his first 10. Uh, and then the next couple of years, he went on a, a good little run there as a head coach. But it takes time to get your systems in place. It takes time to get your players in place. He inherited a team where... Yeah, he was able to bring some of his guys, but there was a lot of previous guys here that were under contract from the new regime. So it all doesn't just happen like that overnight. It takes a lot of time to install your systems. Um, but, you know, these guys got to get competitive, and that's the, what it comes down to. And that can happen overnight. And that is a certain desire. That's a certain want to. And that just comes down to guys 
wanted to earn their money and show up and and provide for their families and put out good tape. And there was a lot of guys that just didn't show up. And there'll probably be a lot of guys on dinner on Delta having dinner on Delta in the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. D O D. And the other question, um, Lions that good or Elks that bad Saturday night, do you think? Neither. Neither. I think the Lions had a good game and the Elks didn't have a good game, but I don't think the Lions are world beaters. I don't think they're going to go out and put up 45, 60 points every game this season. And I don't think the Elks are going to go out and get stomped like that every game either. Um, one game, it's so cliche, but it was just one week. On to the next, you flush it. You have a very um, real film session, and it's going to be probably filled with a lot of bad words that we can't say on TV. But you get that dealt with. You see where you made the mistakes. Uh, But again, a lot of it was just in here. Your desire as a competitor. Tackles, missed tackles, that's not coachable. That's something that me as a football player need to figure out, and I need to get my P's and Q's together in order to be able to have the most success for myself to provide for my family. And that's internal. That's a total internal thing. Eddie, you brought up 2016 in Sask, Jones' first year. You were there, as was I. I'm wondering if Jones learned something that he would do different this year or if he's going to do the same thing again. Um, You mentioned the one win in the first 10. That team went on to win five games that year. They Jones inherited a three-win team there and now in Edmonton. So should we expect five wins for the Elks this year? You know what I'm saying? Does history repeat itself, or does he do things a little differently? I think, um, well, with the Saskatchewan example, we know Jones came in and he cut some um, beloved players, uh, Weston Dressler and John Chick, um, just to try and put his stamp on the team. I think the case in Edmonton, I think there was a little more talent currently on the roster. Because let's be honest, the roster makeup last year wasn't terrible. On paper, going into last season, everybody thought the Elks were going to be one of the better teams. So yeah, you lose a couple of pieces. That's always going to happen. You have turnover, but their roster isn't as bad as that score says that they are. So they just got to get back to it, figure it out, man. And it's early, 18-game season. One game's not going to make or break, but you can't string these one games together. One can't be two, and two can't turn into three. Got to stop that right now heading into this next week. Speaking of that, Arlen Bruce the Third is watching, and he writes in and says, Eddie, Eddie, what's good, bro? I'm in Edmonton. Eddie, have the Elks bring me aboard to motivate the organization on and off the field. He also says that we should not have any generalizations on players' individual performance until week eight because it's so early. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, to a degree, I, I, I do agree with that. You know, you, you have no idea what a guy is capable of uh, until you put a couple of games together. Me personally, I've had some bad games and uh, I'm thankful that the coaching staff didn't base my sole career off a couple of bad games or else I wouldn't have made it. But it's your ability to bounce back, your ability to go to the film room, to look at yourself and your play honestly and critically and adjust. And the best players are able to do that. The best teams are able to do that. And Chris Jones typically is, has good bounce-back games, so we'll see what he does. I, I know I am so thankful I am retired and not a player in that locker room because I have been in those locker rooms. I've been in those meetings 
when you lay a goose egg under Chris Jones. And man, it's it's not a good place to be. You wanna you wanna drink your coffee and slouch in the back of the room because you do not want to be seen, heard, or have your name called. You should be very happy because you retired a champion and you can walk. <laughs> you got a young family that you're, you know, life's great for Eddie Steele and you got a great reputation. You were never a dirty player, which leads me into my next question. As a defensive player, how do you feel about Simone Lawrence hit on Cody Fajardo the other night? The game happens fast, you know, it, it really does. It wasn't the cleanest hit and we're going to talk about this because Simone has a track record. But when I was watching the play, man, it, it sure he could have let up, but it, it happened so quick. It's not like he intentionally was trying to bury the guy's back. Cody was going down and Simone was trying to make a tackle. It's no different than if I, as a defensive lineman, am starting to go down and the offensive guard that's on my back just tackles me. Uh, people don't see that because it's in the trenches, and that is super dirty, and that happens almost every play, but people don't see that. People saw the Simone on Cody hit because it's the quarterback. Yeah, he had the ball, and so all eyes are on the ball carrier, so everybody's going to see the hit. But in complete honesty, when you're playing the, at the speed that these guys are playing at, I did, I've seen a lot worse hits out of Simone. I didn't think that was the dirtiest hit he's ever had. Well. I feel he knew what he was doing, and uh, <laughs> you know it's 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 always him. It's always him. Now, if you were the director of officiating in the CFL, and life would be great if you were, would you be fining him? Would we see his name on the list this Thursday when fines are announced? Well, yeah, you would, and the only reason is because of the repeat offense, right? And like I said, if it was someone other than Simone, man, nobody's even talking about that hit. It was just a big hit on Cody, but because it's Simone. Again, now we do have to start questioning the intent. I, I can't sit here and question another man's intent uh, unless it was clearly very malicious. I know the game of football, and you're playing at 100% high speed, and things happen. It's a bang-bang. Sure, maybe he could have tried to go about that tackle a little safer, but uh, at the end of the day, he was just trying to make a football play. I don't think he was intentionally really trying to hurt a guy. Because like I said, I've seen Simone intentionally do a lot worse. And to me, this was more in the realm of a football hit than an actual going out of your way dirty hit. Thank you, Jack, for the reminder. Uh, we're running out of time, but he wanted me to ask you about Nick Arbuckle being pulled after the first quarter. Too soon? Why did Jen Jones do that? Jones has a history of doing that. The only time he hasn't done that with a quarterback was with Mike Riley when he was the uh, the stalwart, the horse. Uh, could do it all, take the hits and stay in the game. But even in Saskatchewan, Kevin Glenn, Brandon Bridge, uh, that's always how Jones likes to rotate through his guys, have an athletic quarterback, have a quarterback who can pass. Nick could have had a little bit longer of a leash, but at the same point, I loved what Darren said. Man, you're trying to empty the chamber. You're trying to get a spark. You're trying to get your team back in the game. Why not go to Ford? You had nothing to lose at that point. It's not like Nick was, uh, you know, maintaining long drives and stringing together good passes. He had a couple of completions, but he wasn't moving the ball. He wasn't putting up a ton of points, a ton of stats. So why not go to the young fella, get him some live action, and quite frankly, a game that was 
over essentially pretty early on. So give the kids some, some live reps and let him see what he can do. Get his feet wet. Cause he's going to be leaned upon at some point in this season. Uh, so why not get him those game action reps early on? And in 30 seconds or less, Mandy wants to know how you got your 2015 Grey Cup ring back. <laughs> Mandy, I wish I could tell you the exact details. Someone returned it to me, uh, and there's a lot of details left out, and that is all I know. That's all I can tell. I wish I knew more. The curiosity wants inside me wants to know more, but there's a part of me that just doesn't want to know either. Good. Well, I'm glad that it had a happy ending. There are good people in the world, and Eddie, you are one of those. Thanks for the time, man. Enjoy the football. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Rod. You take care. Keep doing your thing. Sportsnet's Eddie Steele, breakup champion. We'll be back with Taco Time viewer takeover right after this. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, available all across Alberta and BC on TELUS Optic Cable. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio, Rod Peterson. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Here we go. We are live. It is Overtime brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and... That's Stanley Cup playoffs. And just before we bring in the Moose for viewer takeover, a sports update. The Toronto Blue Jays, with seven wins and 11 June outings, open a four-game series with the Baltimore Orioles tonight at Rogers Centre. Righty Alec Manoa will pitch for the Jays in Game 1. The NBA Finals took the weekend off, but Game 5 and the best of seven goes tonight at the Chase Centre in San Fran. Celtics and Golden State Warriors are all tied up 2-2. And get ready for another Canada-U.S. showdown in international women's hockey Canada with goals from Madison Chandler and Jade Aginla defeated Finland 2-1 in one Sunday semifinal at the Women's Under-18 World Championship in Wisconsin. The win set up a gold medal game tonight against the USA, who beat Sweden 3-2 in Sunday's other semifinal. The sports update for dubnetwork.ca and for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars. Order yours today at g2gbars.ca. Okay, let's get the Moose in here. And uh, Moose had to ask Eddie Steele his take on the Simone Lawrence hit. He thinks he should be fined. Cliff is watching in Kelowna on Game Plus TV, and he says, the game goes fast for every player. All players play hard. Why is it Simone that is guilty of these hits so often? What did you think when you saw the hit? You said you were out for supper the other night. Were you watching it live when the hit happened? No, I wasn't, but I did see the hit, and I, I watched it, um, you know, on replay, like fast, but not just in the highlights. And yeah, I thought, ooh, Cody was down. That's not a good shot. Looked like Simone lowered the head. Now Simone hit him with the shoulder. It looked like um, there was a lot of factors that go into it, but that's what happens when you have a player that's, you know, at the top of his game like Simone and playing right on the edge. And for Simone to be effective, he's got to be playing right on that edge, right? It just happens that he crosses it and makes these hits sometimes. And, you know, um, he doesn't look, and, and I mean, I, I don't know speak for him, but he's not looking to see, is it the quarterback, the running back? It's a player with the ball, and I'm trying to bring him down now. It just happens he's always hitting him in the head, and you can't do that, and we got to protect the quarterbacks. That's just 
the plain and simple fact of the game. I feel like I'm going to defer to the moose for all football-related technical questions because Eddie said, I agree with Darren, I don't know if you saw that, regarding Nick Arbuckle being pulled. He's like, what do you got to lose? You're getting your ass kicked anyways, which is, I'll paraphrase, (laughs) that's what you said. And Eddie agreed with you. Um, So, yeah. I'll give you the hockey questions, too, but football, your jam. I'll defer to you on those. Nice work. Um, Brady in the Bridge City is watching, and he writes in on the 902 line. He's watching on Game Plus TV, and he says, Hey, Rod, it's extremely refreshing to see the CFL having new ownership with bright and unique ideas to draw attention to teams and the league. One Republic concert, cheap season tickets, Elks and Lions. He says, I love what pinball brings to the Argos. Game five of the NBA Finals tonight. Go Dubs. And he also picks the Avalanche to win in six. He does not agree with Bernie Nichols. One thing, I mean, I don't know (laughs) whom I've been talking to. I guess it's the football people down here. But some people say with the big crowds in Edmonton and BC, it's like, wow, they're charging cheap tickets. Especially Edmonton. I'm like, and? (laughs) I can't believe how many people are, yeah, but, well, they had a concert. Yeah, like it with a big name. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute. There's a lot of, I, I hate the yeah, but crowd there. I hate, I hate them. Hate's a strong word, I but know. I hate them. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, they're doing it. You know, and I was on that Ticats show today that's going to be airing, dropping in the next 24 hours. And they're like, let's wait and see. Thursday night, it's the Argos and Owls. Could be ugly. We'll see what the crowd is, but let's hope for the best. But again, all positive coming out of week one, particularly with the BC Lions. Good on them, man. Great job. You know, awesome. And I hope that, you know, big crowd, good atmosphere, concert, and a big win can help them have a great season in terms of ticket sale. Moose, uh, you, you go and enjoy yourself. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern. All right. Enjoy the day, Rod. You betcha. Everybody enjoy the NBA Finals tonight if that's your thing. We'll see you back here at noon Eastern here on Game Plus TV. McFly, hello. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.